It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 13th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Wednesday. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll preview the Magic's upcoming game against the Washington Wizards, a big game and what I frankly am willing to call a, a an elimination game for the Wizards, a game that they absolutely have to get if they want to stay in the playoff race. We'll also talk a little bit about the Magic's rebounding and the emergence of Jaron Grant coming up on today's show. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking to get a leg up on the Wizards? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to Preview of the Heat battle with the Detroit Pistons. Locked on Heat and Locked on Pistons have your show. You can find every NBA team in the league plus Locked on Fantasy Basketball and Locked on NBA for your fantasy basketball and national basketball national perspective needs as well. You can find them all on iTunes just by searching for Locked on and the team you're looking for. Put it on in your car or tell your smart device to play it at home. No matter how you listen, the Locked on Podcast Network is your team every day. The Orlando Magic back on the road. They came home after their loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. They take on the Washington Wizards, a team that has really had the Magic's number over the last six years. It's one of those teams that it means a lot when the Magic beat them, and you can tell it means a lot when the Magic beat them. And Orlando's had a, a nice little run against them so far this year, even though they're 1-2 and two against the Wizards. They beat the Wizards, of course, in the first meeting between the two teams, Orlando nearly blowing a big lead in that one, but still coming out on top, a, a nice early season victory. A few weeks later, though, the Wizards came out on top against them as Jeff Green had a big fourth quarter to lead the Wizards over the Magic, a, a tired Magic team, if I remember correctly, at the time. And then that third meeting back in Orlando, Magic had a lead again. The Wizards make some plays down the stretch. They're able to pull away at the end. Bradley Beal with a big game in a 95-91 to victory. That was back in mid-January or late January. That seems like ages ago. Both the Wizards and the Magic are different teams today. John Wall, obviously, no longer part of the equation for the Washington Wizards, a big part of their success against the Magic throughout the last few years and, and even this year as well. But in his place, Bradley Beal has stepped up to the plate. Bradley Beal has played some fantastic basketball and continues to play some really strong basketball this year. Um, for the season, Bradley Beal is averaging 
25.8 points per game, 5.6 assists per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, shooting an incredible 53.8% effective field goal percentage. He is dominating in a way that uh, everyone, I think, essentially assumed he could, but now dominating on a nightly basis where he, where I, I mean, I think Wiz of Oz did a really good article on this. He's becoming a trip, a bona fide triple-double threat every single night. And when you look at this Wizards team, since the All-Star break especially, their offense has come alive. A 113 offensive rating. Seventh best offense in the league since the All-Star break. Yes, Washington is only 4-5, and five, but they are a potent offensive team that can get scoring in a hurry, and Bradley Beal is doing everything he can to make sure the Wizards stay in this playoff race. Their defense, on the other hand, different story, but the Magic... Are not a good defense. Are not a good offensive team. Twenty first in league in offensive rating since the All Star break. A one hundred seven point three offensive rating. Their one hundred seven point eight defensive rating is eighth in the league. That's good, but not good enough if they can't score. And scoring is certainly an issue for the Magic of late. Their offense has started to come back down to earth after that five game win streak. So the Orlando also four and five like the Washington Wizards. This is a game where the Magic are going to have to find a way to get stops. If they play solid defense, they always have a chance to win. They, and they generally always have a chance to win. I think they'll play good enough defense that they'll give themselves a chance to win. But if they play defense at a high level that feeds their offense and makes them a better team. And so this game is really still all about the Magic and whether the Magic play the way that they know they have to play. It's It's been an interesting thing for the Magic. I mean, we could talk about late game execution. We could talk about all these things. But at the end of the day, if the Magic do what they're supposed to do, if the Magic um, are able to defend at the high level that we know they can defend at, that the statistics suggest that they can defend at, they have a chance to win every single game that they play. This is really fact at this point. Um, it's, it's not conjecture. It's, it's none of that. It is fact that this is what the Magic need to do to find success. Whether the Magic will do it, that is always the question. I mean, I think... Uh, players admitted after the game on Sunday that they didn't bring the right energy to the game early on. And I think you can really tell early on whether the Magic are going to be into it or whether they'll be scrambling to stay in the game like they did Sunday uh, against the Grizzlies. This is a difficult task for the Magic. They've got to stay attached to Bradley Beal. He is the pivot around all things the Wizards do nowadays. And on top of that, honestly, on the road uh, against Washington, this, this is, you know, as Candace Buckner of the Washington Post described, this is the last stand for the Washington Wizards. This Wizards team is on the borderline. I think they're uh, two and a half, three games out of the final playoff spot. Orlando obviously chasing that final playoff spot one game out. This is a game the Wizards have to have. You know, uh, we're, we'll talk about this more because there, there are some coming up, but these are what we like to, what they, what they call in soccer, a six-pointer. Six-pointer meaning... You pick up three games on your opponent, they lose, or three points on your opponent, they lose a chance to get three points on you. It's a six point swing, and soccer wins are worth three points. This is that kind of a game. If the Magic beat the Wizards, the Wizards are pretty much out of the playoff race. Their hopes are pretty much dashed. If the Wizards win this game and Miami plays Detroit, they pick up a game on everyone else. And all of a sudden, they're back in the mix. They're going to come out, I mean, with the, all, everything involved in this game, Washington needs to come out like this is a must-win game. And obviously, every game at this point is a must-win game for every team, but to varying degrees. 
I am not one to say that the that that one that a game is more important than another, but yeah, this game feels a lot more important than say Memphis because of what it means in the standings. Because Orlando does have to climb up, climb over, and fend off other teams. Winning these games matter. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say it again. When the Magic go to Miami in a couple weeks, that is going to be the biggest game the Magic will play all year. Not just because that's the team they're chasing, it's also the tiebreaker. Orlando beating Washington here not only gives them the tiebreaker, but again, like I said, buries Washington probably out of the playoff picture. This is a humongous game. Not, you know, not the biggest game in the world. It's not the end of the world if the Magic lose, but it certainly doesn't help. And you know, Orlando's got to start taking advantage of these games. I mean, this five-game homestand coming up, Orlando's pretty much got to go four. It feels like Orlando's got to go four and one on that homestand. And you know, Steve Clifford made an interesting comment at practice today or on Wednesday or sorry Tuesday. Um, every day's Tuesday during the season. Um, Steve Clifford made an interesting comment saying, you know, this this whole idea that you got to win four out of five in this stretch or this is a soft part in the schedule. That's very much fan and media driven. Uh, and to some extent, I'll agree with him there. I mean, I think I think Steve Clifford, uh, you know, the one thing that I've kind of learned about Steve Clifford just covering him is he doesn't have time for kind of baloney like that. You know, that that's not who he is. He doesn't buy into that. And, you know, when you're a team that's in the Magic's position, I get that um, because not every game feels like a given. Golden State, you lose a game to Phoenix, yeah, it feels like a big deal, but... You know who you are. You know where you're at. You know what you can do. You don't worry so much about it as long as it doesn't become a habit. Orlando, Orlando's got to worry about every single game that they play. Um, you know, they they can't be thinking too far ahead. They can't be thinking, oh, this is a soft part of the schedule that we can take advantage of. They've got to take advantage of the game in front of them. Uh, and 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 you know, they're obviously 31 and 37, so it's not like they're expecting to win every game that they play either. They're they're a 500 team. You know, they got to tread water and make their push when they can make their push. So I, I agree with that sentiment, but I will also say here, these are games the Magic have to win. I mean, I, I think that this is undeniably the biggest stretch in the in the schedule for the Magic, and, and every stretch at this point is, but Orlando's got a chance to gain ground. Miami's playing Detroit on on uh, on Wednesday night. Um, that's a game you can gain on either the seventh seeded Pistons or the eighth seeded Heat. You got to pick up a game on one of those two. You can't let that opportunity slip away. This is a game that you can gain distance from the from the group behind you, from Washington. Just again, put their season out of its misery. This is a time where you got to step on on teams' throats and get wins, and that's what the Magic really struggle to do. And this game is going to be a representation of all of that. Orlando has to find a way to get this one. It's going to take a lot of defense. It's going to take more defense than offense. I'll tell you that much. And yes, Aaron Gordon and Wesawundu are questionable for this game, but this is a big one for the Orlando Magic, and they got to do the things that they know they have to do to win. And that's first and foremost defending at a high level. Um, the offensively, that's getting in the paint. That's that's getting paint touches and, and collapsing def- the defense to, to keep the ball moving. It's not settling for shots. It's 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 all those things the Magic know they have to do. And if they can do it again against a poor defense, but if they can slow down this Washington offense, they will have a real opportunity to make a not a marquee win, 
but a very, very big and very meaningful win for this team and this playoff race. The Orlando Magic take on the Washington Wizards at Capital One Arena on Wednesday. That tips off at 7 o'clock. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida. And of course, we'll have complete coverage here on the podcast tomorrow on Locked On Magic. You know, it it is March, and I, I said this yesterday, but I'll say it again. It is Free Throw Awareness Month. We want you to be aware of your free throws. Make sure you're making your free throws before you're done shooting around. Take 10 free throws. Make seven or run suicides because this stuff matters. It's crunch time. It's the end of the game. You got to push through the fatigue, you got to focus, and you got to do that same shot you've been doing your entire life. It's Free Throw Awareness Month. Kids forget this lesson all the time, and it costs their team games. But you don't want to cost your team games. You don't want to cost yourself games. It's the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. It's it's the best weekend of the year, and you want to make sure that your brackets are filled out perfectly, that, that you're not missing any layups, that you're not giving up any opportunities, and that, yeah, you win your tournament pool, and Maybe make a little bit extra on the side. So whether you're filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting the first round upsets, or all of the above, my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson play? Will his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get over that loss last year to UMBC as the first one seed to lose to a 16 seed? And is can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? Is it their time? Will Florida even make the big dance? My answer is no. Florida State will, though, and Florida State will play very well, and UCF will. Can UCF get to the second round? Ooh. UCF's just happy that a playoff format will let them in at this point, I think. Although the Knights are very, very good. So so I, that, that's a joke. That's a joke. Don't hate me, UCF fans. Charge on. If you know the answers, or even if you don't, you just pick which mascot you like, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy, sheet of integrity, stick to it. My bookie has been in the business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business, and the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking within 48 hours. That's enough time to bet on the next round of games or the NIT. Do people bet on the NIT? Probably not, but the CBI, they definitely do. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with MyBookie t- today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Orlando Magic this season uh, statistically have done a few things somewhat surprisingly. I mean, I think, I think the reason why the Magic are where they're at is their defense. 
since uh, the entire season, the Magic have the eighth best defense in the league, giving up 107.7 points per 100 possessions. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have thought you were crazy. They are a very good defense. I'm not going to say elite defense. They're not there yet, but they are a very good defense. And more often than not, that defense gives them a chance to win games. It's It's been uh, really exciting to see them embrace this identity. And even if it you know still has its hiccups and still has its issues, and certainly the roster still has some, some growth to go. But there is one thing the Magic do at an elite level that is worth noting and is worth examining a little bit closer. And that is attacking the defensive glass. Orlando this year is fourth in the league at defensive rebound rate. They grab 75% of all defensive rebounds. Essentially, three out of every four misses uh, on uh, from the defensive perspective is a magic rebound. That's, again, very, very good. That's fourth in the league. This, this of course, matches the very defensive principles that Steve Clifford has. If the Magic want to be good defensively, they got to hold teams to one shot. They've got to, you know, lock down the paint. They got to keep teams out of the paint. They got to challenge and contest shots. They got to play without fouling, which Magic have struggled of of, of late. They got to limit turnovers and get back in transition. That's probably the biggest weakness the Magic have defensively, honestly. But the big thing here is securing the, the, the defensive glass, getting the ball back, and setting up your offense. If you hold the team to one shot, they don't get the opportunity to catch you off balance or off rotation or out of position. Offensive rebounds are an easy way to score. And the Magic have one of the best teams when it comes to defensive rebounding. Because it's not only just that they give up few defensive rebounds. When they do give up offensive rebounds, they hold teams to few second-chance points. In fact, the Magic give up the fewest second-chance points in the league at 10.8 points per game. The Magic are actually like right in the middle of the... And the Magic actually are sixth in the league giving up 46.8 points points in the paint per game. So the Magic are a really good defensive rebounding team. It's been critical to their ultimate success this year. Again, 75% of all defensive rebounds belong to the Orlando Magic. That's a good number. They have a lot to be very happy with, with that being the case. But things are not so rosy in the Magic Kingdom on that front. There's been a lot of inconsistency since the All-Star break. No denying that. And in fact, one thing the Magic seem to do well, is or have done better since the All-Star break, is this rebounding piece. Since the All-Star break, the Magic have grabbed 77.5% of defensive rebounds, uh, 77.5% defensive rebound rate. They've given up fewer second chance points, 9.4 second chance points. Again, the mo- the, war- the, low- the fewest in the league. If there's anything, they've even given up fewer opponent points off turnovers. They've given up fewer opponent fast break points. 10th in the league at 12.4. So, why are the Magic suddenly struggling defensively? Certainly, the, the defensive rotations aren't as strong. Teams are, are getting to the basket a little bit more. But it also feels like they're giving up rebounds at inopportune times. Yes, the Magic are doing better on the defensive glass, and statistically that, that says it. But the team sort of senses that they're not quite where they need to be defensively. 
on the glass. Again, remember, the season average is 75 points per 100 possessions. Or 75, uh, sorry, 75% defensive rebound rate. So take a closer look at these numbers. Let's look at the advanced box score then. In the Magic's losses since the All-Star break, against Memphis, they grabbed 79.6% defensive rebound rate. Very good defensive rebound rate. Philadelphia, 76.6. Cleveland, 73.5. New York, 69.2. Chicago, 82. So defensive rebounding doesn't track always with wins and losses. It's not critical to the Magic's defense, but it is something they're very good at. And when they struggle with it, it's very clear that they're going to struggle. That New York game, they were particularly bad and Honestly, the lack of rebounding is why they ultimately lost that game. What rebounding really says is whether you're bringing the right physical approach to a game. And while the Magic do a good job on the glass generally and have done a good job on the glass since the All-Star break, there are definitely times where it does feel like they get out physical Where, yeah, they're getting the raw numbers, they're, they're bringing the numbers in, and it seems like they're doing fine, but again, inopportune times. Missing on 50-50 balls. That's where games are won and lost. This is something the Magic are elite at. Nikola Vucevic is a fantastic rebounder. Jonathan Isaac's become better. Aaron Gordon's had some strong rebounding moments. Uh, The guards have done their part as well. But this is something the Magic have to take care of more attentively. If the Magic want to win, if the Magic want to secure the defensive glass and, and secure... Uh, the defense that they want, and honestly, their defensive rebounds probably kept them in a few games that they shouldn't have been in because their defensive rating has struggled so much. 114 against Philadelphia. 106.1 against Memphis. They actually played good defense against Memphis. Uh, 112.6 against Cleveland. 108 against New York. 112.2 against Chicago. Those are all above-average defensive games or below-average defensive games. The Magic have to do better. They have to do better everywhere, of course. But rebounding is something they know they can rely on and know they can do well, even on their bad nights. But on their bad nights, that needs to be better too. Because again, the opportunities are fewer. The Magic have stepped up to that challenge. It's kept them in games, like I said. But it still feels like it's not enough. So the Magic are continuing to work on that area as well as as players and teams need to step up. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And that brings us to our our final point tonight, or today. 
one player is going to have to step up more than any other here uh, in these closing games. As I said yesterday, Isaiah Briscoe will undergo uh, surgery to repair a torn meniscus on Wednesday night. On Wednesday, that's probably going to knock him out for the rest of the season. It's been a fantastic year for Isaiah Briscoe. There is very little anyone can complain about when it comes to the way Briscoe has played. After struggling in the beginning of the season, he really picked up his game and became a spark plug for the Magic. Since entering the rotation, only one player has had a better on-court net rating than Isaiah Briscoe. And that's Wasawandu. Briscoe's entrance into the rotation and the comfort level that he's shown has changed the Magic's bench from a, a general negative into a positive. The Magic have a plus 4.8 net rating with Briscoe on the floor since he entered the rotation January 7th. It's been a good run for Isaiah Briscoe and his presence is going to be missed. Because, yes, he got the opportunity because Jaron Grant wasn't cutting it. As good as Briscoe was, Grant was much worse. Grant's Averaging career lows across the board, 4.2 points per game, 2.8 assists per game, shooting 41.4% from the floor, although decent 35.7% from beyond the arc. While he was in the rotation, so until January 7th, the Magic had a minus 10.9 net rating with him on the floor. Replacing him in the rotation was statistically the correct thing to do and probably overdue. If anything, Clifford probably stuck with Grant a little too long. But now Briscoe's out, and clearly Grant is the guy the Magic trusts, or the Magic are going to give the first crack to secure this spot in the this vacant spot in the rotation. They could have gone to Troy Copain, but certainly he hasn't had much practice time with the main roster, and, and I think there is a level of trust with Jaron Grant, fair or not, that the Magic want to turn to. Give Grant all the credit in the world. He was taken out of the rotation after spending nearly half the season there. And by all accounts, never really complained. Kept himself ready when he did get opportunities. He played okay. Played acceptably. And now the wheel of opportunity has spun to him again. And it's hard to say Grant hasn't played well. In the five games since Briscoe suffered a concussion against the Golden State Warriors, or sorry, against the Toronto Raptors, Grant is averaging six points per game. Dishing out 2.8 assists per game. Not bad. But shooting 58.8% from the floor and making 66.7% of his three-pointers. The guy who was a weak three-point shooter has finally found his range. And he's making shots and, and seemingly running the offense efficiently. Because the Magic now, since that day, since that game, the last five games, the Magic have a team-best plus 16.7 net rating with Grant on the floor. And the Magic are scoring 117.8 points per 100 possessions. This is a small sample size, so don't take it quite as gospel yet. But it appears the Magic did find some combinations and did find a way to make Grant effective and useful and a good player. Some of that, I think, is Steve Clifford is jumbled up the rotation and finally, finally found a group that, that gives that second unit some balance. Grant, when he was playing, didn't play with Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon along with Terrence Ross. 
Now the Magic routinely start second quarters with Fournier, Gordon, Ross, Grant, and Birch. It's a lineup that has a lot more balance to it. A lot more weapons. Grant isn't the primary playmaker, if anyone is, Evan Fournier is. And they can run Terrence Ross off screens and spread the floor enough to give everyone space to operate. It's a much more offensively solvent team, as the statistics, early statistics show. But Grant has done his job too. He's always been, this year, solid defensively. Not great, but solid. And like I said, I think yesterday, Grant is the kind of guy that holds the boat steady. He's not going to force things. He's not going to kind of bring a lot of energy. He's just a very steady, solid player for, for what he is. And so you put him in a better situation in a better lineup, he is beginning to deliver more consistently. That's a positive sign. Help the Magic beat the Mavericks. Help the Magic get back in the game against the Grizzlies. The last five games, Grant has been good, and that's helped the Magic's bench play more effectively. But now, the big question. Can he keep it going? Grant has played much better. Grant has become a at least a neutral player, if not a positive player for the Magic in the last few weeks. But it is a small sample size. And there's a larger sample saying that he is struggling and doing not doing well. And that hurt the Magic bench. And that hurt the Magic overall. So can Grant keep it going? Is this the right situation for Grant to thrive? That's the unclear part. That's the part that no one can really answer until they play the games. Will Grant have a short leash? Will they give Copain an opportunity? Will they try Copain out in practices to get him comfortable in case they need to go to him? That's, again, questions that go on behind closed doors. But regardless of any of that, the Magic need Grant to keep up this level of play. If they're going to make a playoff push, if they're going to get anything from their bench, which has been up and down, and Ross is going through some struggles right now too with his shot, if they're going to keep up this level of play, they need Grant playing at this high level. If he can do that, the Magic will be well on their way to making the playoffs, to having a chance to having a chance to win every game number one and being in this playoff conversation. It's hard to believe that we are saying that the Magic are relying this heavily on Jaron Grant, but they almost certainly are. And they almost certainly need him to step up. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode where we recap the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.